You're listening to Much Love Sarah, the podcast that has the to the point answers you need for all things wedding. We talk about everything from timelines to guest lists to how to choose your bridal party and all the tiny details in between. I share from my experience in the wedding industry, help you think through the things you might not have considered, and leave you feeling confident in the decisions that you're making. Are you ready to leave wedding planning stress behind? You're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome. You're listening to Much Love Sarah, and I'm Sarah, your host. I hope that this week has been going well for you and that wedding planning is not crazy and that you're still enjoying the process. If you've gotten to the point in which you're like, this is a lot, I don't want to deal with this anymore, or decision makings just become way too much, I want you to go and take an afternoon or an hour or whatever you can manage for yourself. Go get yourself a coffee, go get your nails done, go look through Target because we all know Target is, you know, the greatest therapy out there. (laughs) Anyways, just take a little bit for yourself, plan a little date night for you and your person, reconnect a little so that you can jump back into wedding planning refreshed because I get it. I get how crazy wedding planning can be. I was a hundred percent in decision burnout by the time we hit our wedding. And I don't want that for you. I want you to enjoy the whole thing and your wedding day. So go and do that. Okay. I think you promise it'll make you feel better and yeah, it'll be good. (laughs) This week, we're going to be talking about photo jargon, photographer jargon, whatever you want to call it. In other words, all of those words that photographers throw at you at you, Um, either from the wedding websites you've been reading or from scrolling through photographer pages. There's all sorts of words out there that if you're not in the wedding industry or the photography world or have done this thing before, you're like, what does this mean? I'm here to spell it out for you. So I've gotten together a list of, I think it's pretty comprehensive. I think it covers the like, what is this? What does this mean? Sort of things. Um, If I miss something, shoot me a DM. I can make another episode or I'll answer you right there and it'll help. Pinky, pinky promise. Okay, cool. We are going to start out with a second shooter. This sounds crazy. There's a lot of things about photography that if you just like say it like I'm shooting a wedding or I shot their engagement session and it's out of context, it just doesn't sound great. And second shooter is one of those (laughs) words, okay? It really means a second photographer. So this is often when a main photographer then hires another photographer to come and be at the wedding with them so that you have two people with cameras walking around your wedding day capturing photos. That's that's like the bare minimum of what it means. It's um, You have your primary photographer. This is the person that you've talked with. This is the person that you booked. And then they bring along another photographer to help capture your day. Does that make sense? It's just the second person there. It's not someone you hired. It's someone that the photographer brought. um, And they are their second shooter, you know, like air quotes, second photographer that is there. If you hear the word associate, this means that this is the person that the primary photographer who you hired hires to do your wedding in their place. So an associate photographer is someone who comes instead of this main photographer person. So that would be like um, if you hired me to do your wedding day, but for some reason I get sick, for some reason I'm in an accident or something like that, 
or for some reason I'm unavailable for your wedding day, but you still want to hire someone under my brand. I don't have associates right now, but this is the, the hypothetical. Then the associate would be the person to come and do the f- uh, wedding, come take photos of your wedding in my place. It's someone that I would wholeheartedly trust with your wedding day, that I've worked with before, that understands my style and approach to wedding days. And instead of me being there in person, they're there for me. However, the photos come back and they are edited in my style. So you'd still get photos that look like my work. I just wouldn't be the one to take them. So like I mentioned, this usually happens in the case of your photographer that you hired uh, and, you know, hypothetically me, if I were to get sick and not be able to come to your wedding day, um, sometimes people get pregnant and, you know, are about to have a baby and therefore can't come on a wedding day. Sometimes they get in an unforeseen accident. Those are some of the like, oh my goodness, then this person steps in. And then other photographers have teams and they are their associates that will go and do weddings for them. So if they're a really big name photographer or have just too many inquiries and don't want to turn everyone away, they'll hire other photographers who they've trained and trust to come and shoot those weddings. So that's what an associate photographer is. All right, next kind of little grouping, a bridal session. So for me, Okay, we'll start with this. Traditionally, a bridal session is another session that you schedule, kind of like an engagement session, in which you show up in your wedding glam and dress and get more photos of you, the bride, all dressed up. So this is a good case because a lot of times like you can't get as much time unless you have like, you know, you've hired your photographer forever on your wedding day and you have all the time in the world. But a lot of times, you know, there's maybe 10 minutes for photos of you in your dress. And if you really love your dress or you really wanted, you know, to get pictures of it in a grassy field and your venue doesn't have a grassy field or on a bridge or, you know, just any fantastical mountaintop, whatever location you can think of, bridal session is which you can go and do these really beautiful photos of yourself in your dress. I also do bridal sessions as in we don't have a whole lot of time to do a couple portraits on your wedding day and or like a huge part of something that's important to you is getting to be with your people and with your guests at cocktail hour, at reception, and you don't want to be pulled away for sunset photos or you don't want to take the time during cocktail hour. I will also do a bridal session as in the two of you and we will go somewhere beautiful and do photos then, you know, sometimes the day after or like the week after. Um, of so that you guys get the beautiful photos of the two of you, um, but you still have a whole lot of time with your people. Another reason people sometimes do this is, you know, if they have their venue, but they also really dreamed of like this pretty dreamy elopement scenario. Again, mountain type top or on the beach or something that just like wasn't your venue because of your restrictions with like elderly grandparents that you really wanted there or just budget or whatever it was. Sometimes there are, you know, limits on what your venue can look like. I'm sure you picked a beautiful one, but again, sometimes you're just like, there's this beautiful, you know, place that I want. And that's what a bridal session is. Another sort of session that you can hire that's not an engagement session is a boudoir session. Um, And these are your little kind of sexy photos of you Um, They can be for your husband-to-be, your person-to-be. They can be for you to just feel good about yourself. But usually it is um, in lingerie or, you know, it doesn't have to be quite so, you know, 
skin showing if you don't want to. There's a lot of ways to um, very modestly still look very sexy. Um, but you can do a boudoir session ahead of time. And oftentimes photographers will offer it in their packages or as an add-on. And sometimes it's a gift that, you know, brides like to give their grooms the night before the day of, um, as kind of like their wedding gift. All right. So on the wedding day, you have your getting ready photos, which is kind of an all-encompassing term to mean, um, you getting your hair and makeup done, uh, you getting into your dress, you getting dressed with your bridesmaids, um, all of that is kind of your getting ready time. Um, you also have a first look and or a first touch. This is a moment for the two of you pre-crazy busyness of the wedding day to just be the two of you. Um, sometimes people do a first look. I've talked all about first looks in my timeline episodes, so go back and listen to those. Um, but it's a great time to get emotion out of your groom. It's a great time to just connect the two of you. If a big uh, something that's important on your wedding day is to just be together. A first look or a first touch is a really great idea. Um, I just did a first touch and it was the sweetest things ever. They exchanged gifts ahead of time and then they did personal vows and there were tears, uh, but they didn't see each other, but they had that moment together um, to just kind of connect and be together before you jump into the busy, wonderful craziness that is your wedding day. All right, detail photos. So these are the photos that your photographer does when they first get there. And these are all of your flat lay. You also can be called flat lay photos. So these are all of the tiny parts of your wedding day, your invitation suite, your jewelry, your veil, your dress, your flowers, your all of those tiny small things on your wedding day, usually beautifully styled and laid out um, and close-up photos gotten of all of them. Um, these are also often things that like you don't necessarily see close up unless they're in a tiny photo. So these are, uh, that's just what people call them, detail photos, flat lay photos, and that's what that's what it is. They're all the pretty, pretty laid, laid out photos. And then sunset photos are usually typically taken in the hour before sunset is. And this is when you get that beautiful golden hour light. We'll talk about what golden hour is in just a second. Um, but it's another moment for you guys to connect. It's another moment for you to get some beautiful uh, couple photos together, especially if you didn't do a first look and didn't get more photos earlier. That's what sunset photos are. Golden hour is a big, hot term that not everyone understands. Um, golden hour is the two hours before sunset. And this is when the ideal lighting of the day is. It's pretty much the sun has set. You don't get super harsh shadows on your face. You have that golden, you know, beautiful light that's even and just there's something magical about it. Again, it's called golden hour. It's magical. Um, but that is the time in which a lot of photographers will schedule engagement sessions. That's when you go out for sunset photos because of this beautiful lighting that you just don't get other times during the day. Another term that you'll hear thrown out there is blue hour. And this is like the 30-ish minutes right after the sun sets where it's still light out and not completely dark, but the sun is no longer visible in the sky. It's called blue hour because you often get kind of a blue tinge because that it's just a lot of light reflecting up into the sky and back on you. So it's very cool tones. It's very bluey. It's fun to do photos during, but it's different than your golden glowy light that you get during golden hour. 
All right, we're going into a couple more technical terms now um, that you'll probably hear photographers throw out for when they're talking to you about their 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 work on your like consult call, I guess. All right, so saturation is how colorful or not colorful a wedding a photo is. All right, so saturation is how saturated the colors are. So if you see um, a lot of light and airy photos, um, those are the ones that are like really, really bright and don't have a whole lot of darkness in them. Those are usually not very saturated. Um, a lot of very neutral toned ones are also pretty desaturated. Whereas like a bright and colorful editing is pretty saturated coloring. Again, with these editing things that I'm throwing at you, you don't necessarily need to know and fully understand. But if you are, you know, looking through things and you're like, okay, I know I want like really colorful photos and I have lots of colors going on, you want to make sure that they're going to have your colors saturated enough that you can tell that you had all these beautiful colors at your wedding and they're editing. Um, whereas if you have a lot of neutrals, you might want a little bit less saturated and or just like your personal preference. Again, you're never going to have to really worry about this. But if you're curious about what someone's talking about when they say saturation, they're desaturated colors. That means it's not super colorful. It's pretty muted. It's pretty toned down versus saturated means much more colorful. Lots of color. Very bright. Very vibrant, I guess. Um, when someone's talking about their editing style, so saturation kind of plays into that. That is referencing the kind of colors and tones that they tend towards in their final edited photos that they'll give you. So editing style can range from light and airy, bright and colorful, neutral, true to life, um, kind of cinematic. There are so many words out there that even I can't keep up with all of them. But pretty much when someone says my editing style is, it means this is what I describe my photos, how my photos end up looking. So it's not straight out of camera. It's not what you like when you look at the back of their camera. This is what they look like. That's not their editing style. It's the editing process that they go through afterwards. So you just want to make sure that when they're talking about their editing style, it matches um, the colors and the look that you're going for on your wedding day. If you're going for a very elegant look, you want something that's going to, you know, be uh, crisper and, you know, it's, it's hard to say because everyone is so, so different and unique in what they're looking for. It's hard to be like exactly like this is what you're going to want. But you can look up various editing styles. The Google is great. Do the Google. Um, but that's, that's what an editing style is. It's what their photos look like um, post-editing when you receive your final gallery. All right. When they are talking about coverage... This is kind of makes sense, but coverage just feels like a weird word to me, but I don't know what else to call it. Um, it means the amount of hours they're going to be there on your wedding day. So if you're looking at a package or they say coverage for this many hours, it means that they're going to be there for 10 hours or they're going to be there for eight hours or whatever it is, but that's what coverage means. Um, when they say the word retainer, this means that is the sum of money that you pay them when you sign the contract to then book them. So usually you have to sign the contract, you have to pay a retainer, 
And that is the percentage or allocated sum of money that you need to pay in order to hold your date. Um, and, um, yeah, pretty much hold your date, be officially booked with them. That's what a retainer is. It also goes towards paying for all of the work they're going to start doing ahead of time in terms of learning about your wedding day, doing prep, um, getting to know you guys, your engagement session, if that's included. Um, and that's why a retainer is non-refundable um, because it starts to pay for all of the work that they're doing and all of the communication, all of the time they're spending getting to know you and your wedding day and um, their expertise that goes into that. So that's why a retainer is pretty much always non-refundable unless there is very, very special circumstances. Um, because it's not just saying, oh, I paid this, so I I hold my date. It does that, yes. Um, but it also starts going towards all of the work that they're starting to do for your wedding day. All righty. So these next two words are about file sizes um, and the type of files that you can or cannot get from your photographer. So a raw file is what the is called is the what you call the the photo like right out of camera. So they take the photo, it's on the SD card and they put it on their computer to look through them. That very first type of photo image pre-edited straight out of camera is a raw file. It is a huge 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 file. And it, so it's huge and it contains all the data and a lot more info on your photo to, it means that they're going to turn out prettier when they're raw files. So you want to make sure that your photographer is shooting in raw files. Um, but I know sometimes people will ask for raw images from your wedding day. There's a couple of reasons why photographers don't hand them out. Um, one is because it's unedited. Um, a good majority of what you're paying for your photographer, not a good majority, but part of why you chose your photographer and what you're paying them for is their editing style and their artistic style. And to ask for a raw file is like asking for someone to slap some paint on a canvas and then give it to you. And like no artist is going to want to give you an unfinished product because it's it's unfinished. So that's just kind of part of it. So there's some like artistic pride that goes into it. Um, another one is like half the ones, if they're anything like me, is I'm a continuous shooter. I overshoot. There's probably a billion photos that look that there's like at least, you know, 10 per that look the exact same. And I go through and I pick out the best of the best um, to send to you because you don't need five photos of you smiling at me with this one person. They all look the same. I go through and pick the best one. Another reason is, is there's a lot of test shots. There's a lot of, you know, things that didn't fire correctly. Um, there's things that, I don't know, there's just a lot that goes into it. Um, and so that's why photographers don't hand out raw files. There's a lot more to it, but I'm trying to be brief. Um, and also like I underexpose my photos. So like they're all dark, not super dark, but they're all dark. You don't want the photos. You don't want them. You want them edited. You want them beautiful. You do not need the overwhelm of 5,000 photos from your wedding day where half of them look the same as some other photo to look through. You don't need that. You just need the beautiful end gallery. But that's why I'm explaining raw files because sometimes it comes up as a hot topic and that's just like my very bare minimum explanation about it. The other sort of file size you need to worry about is those that come with your gallery. Um, in mine, and pretty much every time does this question mark, um, is you have the option to download in a low res or web sized. It kind of flops between 
They kind of mean they're pretty much the same thing, but low res or web sized and high res. So these are just the resolution of the photos, how much info is in them, how much detail when you download them. Um, And the huge difference between the two is what you use for printing. You do not use low res or websites for printing. They will come out grainy. They will come out blurry. Don't do it. Don't do it to you. Don't do it to us. Just don't do it. You want to use high res, high resolution photos for your printing, especially if you're going to get them in like in a big, you know, size bigger than, you know, your teeny tiny little phone screen. Um, So make sure you're using high res. Make sure you ask your photographer to make sure that that's included in your your gallery. I include both high res and web sized um, in mine. And yeah, those are the kind of file types that you need to know. Um, So those are my major words that we're going with for now in terms of photography jargon, things that will be thrown out there, talked about, you know, that you may or may not necessarily know um, because some of them are kind of weird. Like I said, second shooter, a lot of photography words tend to sound like we're shooting people and we're not. It's just with our camera, but you know, it turns out weird sounding. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to leave it there and not completely overwhelm your brains. Like I said, if there is one that I forgot or you come across like this other one and you're like, Sarah, what does this mean? They are weird words. Shoot me a message. I'm always happy to answer it for you. If I get enough, I'll make another episode. Um, But I think that this is a good start to get you rolling on photo terms and what they mean and why they're important to you. So as always, I'd love to know if you appreciated this episode. If it was helpful, screenshot it and share it to your Insta send me a message about it. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, But yeah, I will talk to y'all next week. I love talking with you about all things weddings. I hope this episode was so helpful and that you feel ready to accomplish the next thing on your list. I would so appreciate it if you took two minutes to leave a review or share this episode on Instagram. It helps me know what you love so I can continue to answer the questions that are most important to you. Can't wait to chat next week. Much love, Sarah.